Ron Swanson. Where he takes a picture of Big Ben and he's like, oh, look, a clock. We don't have that in America. And welcome back to the latest and greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Jayton May. You can find me on Twitter at jmay56. And today I'm joined by my co-host Quentin Crisco and a special guest, Chris Rains. How are we doing tonight, boys? Doing wonderful. So, my name is Quentin Crisco. You can find me on Twitter at Stats. Um, You can find the podcast on Twitter at shaving underscore points. That's PTS underscore pod. Uh, Go follow us on Instagram, the LinkedIn, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Reddit, everywhere that, everywhere that's hot, we're there. Go follow. Hot in the streets. Absolutely. What about you, Chris? Where can we find you? And Are you on social media? I am, but I'm not trying to plug anything. I'm just glad to be on the show and talk to you, fellas. Talk some hoops, man. Absolutely. So, we today we're going to be talking uh, NBA playoffs from the beginning. A little quick recap of how we got here, uh, what had to happen for the teams to get to where they are, and we're just gonna kind of start out with just injuries and everything else like that starting um with the brooklyn nets and what happened to them and why are they not here because while accounts you would think they should at least be in the eastern conference finals at the start of the season they never really put it together this year so let's we'll, we'll talk about them first yeah they um <clears throat> well they traded for their injured player they uh traded and they got ben simmons and then it looked like he might make a comeback for game four before they got swept. And then they held him back because he hurt his back. Um, how? Who knows? But he hurt his back beforehand. So injuries affected them. They were without their 6'10 playmaker that they uh, got in the trade for Harden. And uh, you look at their roster, uh, five of their top seven scores in the playoffs were 6'4 or shorter. And what that left them with on the court was typically three guys, six, four, shorter on the court. And Boston just basically said, we're going to attack the shorter guys. Saw Jalen Brown and Tatum really just attacking it. And it was a bad, they got the wrong pieces for Harden. I understand moving him. You can't work with a guy who doesn't want to work. But they had um, Patty Mills, short shooting guard. They got a good player in Seth Curry, but he's basically the same thing. He's 6'2", mm-hmm. a spot shooter. And they got uh, Drummond, who's a shell of what he was. I mean, obviously what they were traded for was for Simmons, but, you know, the best ability is availability, and he wasn't there. So that injury kind of uh, did in whatever chance they had. Yeah, It's and- never a good yep. sign when you got Goran Dragic playing 20 minutes a game in the playoffs for you. No. When they made the Ben Simmons trade, I thought that was going to be good for them because I was like, I mean, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving can score anytime they want, basically. You have a guy who can drive the lane, facilitate the ball, play good defense. I was like, oh, that's a solid move for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think he has any desire to play basketball right now. Maybe we'll see next year. Yeah. But, I mean, you haven't played all season, and – you know, the rumors of him officially, like, actually getting moved were hot for a good month before the deal went down. And it's like, what? how are you not, like, if you weren't 
ready to play by then like yeah. are you ever going to be ready like, well and i thought what was telling too is he wouldn't engage in the regular season games at the end when they really didn't matter and it's like yeah. the pressure's not gonna back off come playoff time it's gonna build and yeah. he admitted that it wasn't just physical it was mental too which you know it is what it is but um when you're not getting back into in the regular season you know that it made uh, I think a lot of people pessimistic about the fact that he was going to play, um, and you know, really it's interesting because Barkley made the comment with KD. You know, KD hasn't won anything since he left Golden State and left Steph. Um, you look at the team though; Kevin Durant isn't built to be the engine of a team. He's built to be a shooter and score a lot of points. But he's not a give the ball to when he's going to pass and make everyone better and dribble drive. His handle isn't his gift. His passing isn't his gift. His shooting at his height is his gift. Um, and he was paired with Kyrie Irving, who's a shooting point guard, shoot first point guard. They needed that playmaker so badly in Simmons, and they just didn't have anybody that could put it all together for them. I mean, just off the defensive line, Simmons would have immediately oh, yeah. made him better. Um, yeah. it, I mean, you. You, you could play four on five when you're on offense and just tell Simmons to just go sit in the corner and don't do anything. Yeah. And the team would still be better that way uh, just with him being on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, you could you could have him bring the ball up, um, create, and at times put him in that dunker spot, you know. Yeah. That way he's not a liability if he's, you know, getting the ball on the outside and they're just playing way off him. Yeah. Uh, but – He's basically, if you think about it, he's basically Draymond Green. You know, he's a big guy who can guard big positions. He can handle the ball and make a big man come out and play him. Um, but he's not a shooter. Yeah, I mean, if he had the confidence of Draymond Green, he'd probably be the best player in basketball. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure the, the mentality between Draymond and Ben Simmons is all that close. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> But I, I understand what you're saying, though, as far as like his role on the team. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a good comp, good comp there. Um, I just wonder what he does all day. Yeah, I get bored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll see something better out of him next year. But I mean, Kyrie's gone, isn't he? The, well, they uh, hearing that they could give him a max, but how the how do you give a guy a max who didn't play? Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. It's 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 even worth the max, even if he does play. It's even because even when it's not about the COVID stuff, like he still isn't a guy who is gonna like lay. I mean, he just he quit on Boston like three years ago. Like, well, he hasn't gotten any younger. I'll, I'll say this for the Boston situation though: in Boston, it was the only situation where he was the number one guy. Uh, in Cleveland, he wasn't, and not, in Brooklyn, he's not. So I think it's easier for him to take it on because when they lose they're not looking at you first you know they're questioning kd they're there's barkley isn't saying Kyrie hasn't won anything since lebron he's saying kd hasn't won anything since steph so yeah. he's taken some of that for him um now if steph he plays KD. you know then and, and well the interesting thing is um kd's legacy it used to be kd and lebron you would compare right now especially because they played together People are going to compare KD and Steph. And the interesting thing is I think most people would say Steph is the best shooter ever is what a lot of people say. But KD is the better player. But the thing is, 
at what point do your accomplishments become so great, so much greater that you're the better player? Because you look at MVPs, Steph has two. KD has one. You look at finals MVPs, okay, that goes to KD, he's got two. But you look at the rings, Steph has three, KD has two, and Steph is looking like he's about to go to the NBA finals again. Um, their their careers, to me, although the relationship is different, is going to be kind of like Belichick and Brady. People want to see who was it that was the reason for the success when they were together. Um, yeah. And they're going to be, for better or worse, compared to with what they do afterwards now. I yeah, do want I to agree. clear something up with that uh, that MVP talk. I yeah. mean, technically, KD has won, but yes, he according has to him, his mom is the real yes. MVP. Yeah, the real so, one. in my book, he has zero. Yes. Yeah, he gave that one away. <laughs> Steph's the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. Yes, he is. And Shaq still ticked off about it, too, because he had one. I think it was one vote away, and he, he won't give it up. He's still ticked. Yeah. <laughs> No, but so that's going to be it's what happened in Brooklyn and moving on to a very contentious team in Philadelphia. Oh, what is going on with Philadelphia? I, is this is the what, process over? The process is Joel Embiid. It starts um, and ends with Joel Embiid. If you look at everything that they acquired throughout the process, he's what's left. I think. I think the process might be a Ponzi scheme. As soon as it ends, it restarts. Well, I think the problem is, is they cashed in on Simmons with the wrong guy. Um, you look at what they did and, um, you know, they got James Harden, a guy who's been known for not showing up in big moments in the playoffs. He has a reputation for knocking along with his teammates over and over and over again. And what happens? The word comes out that he isn't like, Doc Rivers coaching style. You seen on the bench arguing with uh, Tyrese Maxey, I believe he like slams a clipboard Maxey does because he's so ticked off at Harden. After they lose in that series to Miami, Joel Embiid says, I'm paraphrasing here, um, he's not the James Harden from his Houston days. So you can see already it's it's starting to fall apart. Uh, well, then they, go he, get, they also go get Jimmy Butler and then choose not to keep him. Yeah, and and that's the and Joel and Jimmy Butler was adamant saying um, he came into the locker room after they eliminated them, and he said um, he's like uh, he Tobias Harris to over me. Tobias Harris over me. And he was, you know, and that that was his proverbial, you know, what finger to uh, yeah. yeah to him saying, really, this is what you're gonna do. And but you know, you make one bad move here, you know, getting letting Butler go. You make a bad trade, giving Simmons up, maybe instead of. Um, Let's say you don't get Harden, you get McCollum for him. Now imagine that team. You got McCollum, you got Jimmy Butler, you got Joel Embiid. That's a different looking roster, and that's just two moves, but that's how quickly things can change because with only 12 guys on a roster, 12 players, five on the court, you make one or two bad moves, and you can set your franchise back a long ways. Um, for the series, Joel Embiid had 20 points, which is down like about 10 points, but you got to give him some grace because he had an orbital uh, fracture and he had a ligament uh, tear in his right thumb. Yeah. And Maxi played above his age. I thought he had 20 points per game that series. He's shot 45% from the field. He was lightning in the ball. And I thought for a second, I'm like, 
this might be enough if Maxi takes that number two spot since Harden's reluctant to do it for whatever reason, conditioning or heart, whatever. But uh, Clubs. It, they, uh, they're they're uh, having to deal with the fact that they let Butler go and watch him play in the Eastern Conference Finals now, and they're stuck with Harden. So it is. It is. That was, that was headband Jimmy Butler too, when he had like the headband that went down to his waist in the back. Yeah. It was hilarious to watch him play. It was just swinging around everywhere. I will so, say, are, are they gonna are they gonna give Harden the max, or are they just gonna go a different route? Well, here's the thing: if you can do a sign and trade, but the problem is, unless you do sign and trades with guys, and, and I don't know how many people are lining up to get James Harden. You're kind of in the position, like you know, we said before in the last podcast, where you got that quarterback who's like he's 15th in the league. You know he's not good enough to win it all, but unless you can move him and get something that's of equal value in return, yeah, you know yeah. It, it's it's tough. The thing with Harden is he is aging quick because he doesn't take care of his body. He does go out to the clubs a lot, so you know it's depreciating value. That's probably going to happen pretty quick. I believe you said something to the effect of, you know, I was resting these last, I'm ready to get at it and get back and he's renewed and everything, but you know, talk's cheap, you know, it's a long season. He hasn't, he hasn't proven any sort of dedication or commitment to basketball since probably 2016, 17. No. It's the last time I like truly good James Harden that seemed like he actually cared. Now he just lets himself get fat until they trade him and then he loses 20 pounds and then, He's like, oh, I like it again. And then he has one bad game. And it's like, okay, I'm going to score three points in a closeout game and be done with it. That might be a uh, situation with the Harden thing where personal um, relationship and history hurt the franchise. Because Gerald Morey had him in Houston when he was a stud, when he was a star, and wanted to bring him back. But you can't, you got to be careful, of course, when you, you pay a player, get a player, give up so much for a player that you're getting him for what he is and is going to be and not what he was. And I think that's yeah. the mistake that's gonna that's gonna do Philly in. Um, well, if I Harden, was thinking if Harden could have just been a just been a sh- like a shooter, just like let him shoot the ball, and like don't worry about doing anything else. He could he would he wouldn't even shoot in the playoffs. He he wouldn't do anything. Yeah, he was eighteen points a game, forty one percent field goals. And here's the thing: if Embiid is at twenty, he's down ten points a game. Common sense says, well, someone's got to pick up the scoring. Maxi yeah. did, but you would think that would be hardened given the fact that he was a 30 point per game scorer in this league. Um, it, it, it's a huge red flag that when your number one guns down, he doesn't step up. That That's a big problem. Um, I, I will say, though, I think some of this has to go on Doc Rivers because I, I said to myself watching uh, Joel Embiid caught the ball in a post position back to the basket. One foot was outside the three point line. He caught it from a post position. At the three-point line, I said, they're done. Yeah. I'm like, why is this guy who's so big always catching the ball from 12 feet and out away from the rim? Yeah. You have to post him up some and get him some easy touches close to the basket. And, and I get that it's a skill set, and he's got it. He can dribble. He can move. He can dance. He can hit a three. But, man, you got to have some meat and potatoes. And the thing is uh. – yeah, it's great that you can do that guard stuff, but those guards can't do what you can do because they don't have your size. Yeah, you gotta have it. On top of that, I mean, we can't really criticize Doc Rivers too much because he's got an excuse for everything. 
Yeah. So, uh, according to him, nothing's his fault, and it's always his players that let him down. He will take the the blame for the the blown series uh, with Chris Paul and at the Clippers, though. Just just the one blown series, not not all the rest of the blown series he's had through his career. But he'll yeah. take credit for that one. That was the the great Clipper team that never was, never never came to fruition. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, knocked out the Spurs in a game five uh, elbow 15-footer from Chris Paul. And I was like, oh, man, this team can win the championship. And then they go and blow it the next series. Should have been another Spurs championship that year. But <laughs> So uh, you were – when you, you asked the question about giving hard in the max, it, like, it, it got something kind of moving in my brain of like – I feel like the NBA, more than most other leagues – pay players based on reputation, regardless of age. Like that, you're seeing these guys who are shells of what they were still getting max contracts. And I've never really understood it. Is it do you think it's just like GMs chasing things that they used to see or like, what, what do you think of that, Chris? I think the thing is, and it's a stat I'll, I'll point, I'll probably allude to again later, but um, in the last 25 years, um, there have been two teams that have won the NBA championship that have not had first team all NBA players on their team. And that was the 2004 Detroit Pistons. And that was the 2011 uh, Dallas Mavericks. Outside of those teams, 23 out of 25 times, if you wanted to win the championship, you got to have a first team all NBA player. So they're hungry and they're reaching for that talent. And if they think it's there, they think he's got the potential, you know, you have to almost um, get guys based on where you're protecting them to be, based on where the talent. And the, the thing is, um, you know, if you're trying to get a guy who's at that level, well, everyone's trying to get him at who's at, at that level, and there's only so many of them. So yeah. it, it's, you know, with with the NBA, the numbers being so small, you know, it, it, compared to football, 11 guys on the field at a time, okay, we can't get an elite quarterback, but we can get – an elite shutdown corner. Okay, it's not comparable, but you can get an elite player at a position. In yeah. the NBA, there's so many, there's so few, uh, and they're so impactful. Um, you know, it it if you it's the have and have nots, and everyone's desperate to find the haves. And especially if you're a market like Charlotte or your OKC, uh, OKC, they're going on the high draft picks. I think they have 15. First round draft picks in the next That's three years, years, or something like that. It's ridiculous yeah. how many first round draft picks they've accumulated. But if you, you got to go, go draft picks or find that diamond in the rough uh, via yeah. free agency, one way or the other, if, unless you're a big market that everyone goes to. Yeah. Um, and so right. I think there will always be those teams, especially those teams that aren't big markets, that are always going to reach for that potential because it's a, a league of have and have nots. And if you don't, good luck. All right, yeah. so moving on to the next one, a team that seems like they have a have in the Memphis Grizzlies with John Morant, one of the best young players in the NBA, probably future MVP of the league. Um, still a young team. What do we think about them in, in this playoff run and going forward? You know, Golden State dodged a bullet. I'm not saying they would have been dead, but they would have gotten at least graced. Um They've been fortunate with injuries a couple different ways um, throughout. Um, I feel like um, Phoenix injury to Chris Paul helped them with the Mavs now. And I think, and there's no doubt about it, that John Morant injury, it, it helped them greatly. 
it was a basically a 2-1 series in favor of Golden State because that game three was almost over when John Morant got injured. Mm -hmm. Um, They also had Steven Adams that was injured. He played very limited minutes in that series, and they still pushed them to six games. Um, You know, they made their kind of – and uh, Jordan said something to Shaq um, after he beat them. He said, you know, you got in this league, you got to crawl before you walk. And – they're crawling, but they made their kind of announcement. We're here. We're next. Yeah, they were the um, number two seed in the West this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, solid team. Uh, I love John Morant. I don't think anybody can watch the NBA and hate John Morant. So, hope he can stay healthy. Uh, yeah. he's, he's got that Derrick Rose type of explos- explosiveness on yeah. the court. And I think probably the most exciting young guy we've seen probably since Derrick Rose. Yeah, as far as high flying acrobat type that just puts his body on the line all the time, and so we just gotta hope he stays healthy. Yeah, it reminds me of Westbrook and Rose. Who's this Derrick Rose guy that you're talking about? I I think I've shut this out of my memory. I just Uh, I I I, I, I don't actually I don't want to know. He used to he used (laughs) to play for he used to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and now he's on the Knicks. Don't talk about legs. Don't talk about his legs. We can't. We can't. But no, they, they they made their statement um, that they're here. It's just it's a little too soon for them right now, yeah. and the injuries you know prevent them from having a chance of winning that series. So do but, you think do you think they have the potential to attract a? Because I mean, Memphis isn't the biggest market by any means, but with a guy like John Morant, if he does stick around there, do you think that? Do you think stars are going to be attracted to other stars? Are stars going to be attracted to markets moving forward with so much money in the NBA? I mean. Well, you get the contracts, the more are, you, contracts are getting so high that you it's like the, you can go get the money. The higher level you win at, the more you can attract it. Um, it's tough though because you ask most guys, you know, okay. Uh, case in point, all right. Imagine you're 23, you know, free agent, big name, and they were in the playoffs against Golden State. Where'd you rather live, Memphis, Gallatin, Cali? Memphis, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it might be Memphis, but you know, um, it, it's tough now. If you get to the point where you're elite, then you will win some guys over. It, yeah. you, we'll see when you have the stud, um, teams will go. Um, look at how guys have followed LeBron, you know, wherever he's gone. He was in Cleveland the second time around, and they, they got um, Kevin Love over there in a uh, via trade. and Guys will follow where you go. The problem is when, when you're it's the. Just, well, you, I mean, with the LeBron situation, I mean, those are LeBron's guys, and maybe that's not always the best move. Maybe Pat Riley had it right. It was like we'll bring in Dwayne Wade. I mean, but well, I mean, I'm not letting you run this organization. Like I'm running this organization. Like if yeah. you don't like it, you can go back to Cleveland. It, it's tough because when you're the prettiest girl at the dance, you have your pick. And when you're one of the best players in the league, you have your pick. And the, the question is, what's Ja going to do when his free agency time is up? Um, you know, you love to see guys stay, but it's just yeah. not something. It's not. It they used have to such be, cool jerseys, and he's such a cool player that, like. Yeah. Well, I just match made in heaven. Yeah. There, <laughs> there was a time when you could see the players, and, you know, they stayed. Like, you knew. You thought of a, a franchise, and you thought of a player right away. San Antonio, David Robinson, Indiana, Reggie Miller, uh, Boston Celtics, Larry Bird. These guys stayed with the 
but it's changed so much. It's really hard to keep in a, even a big market. Look Los at LeBron Lakers, Steve Blake. Yeah, guys are leaving big markets because they just get. It's like they they lose their attention and they get sick of something and they they just constantly want change. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a rarity to find a guy that's going to stick with a team um, and have a prolonged. Yeah, man, Golden State's been about the only form of consistency we've seen in the league in the past decade and a half probably 15 years oh, other yeah. than that nobody's really stars don't stick around anywhere right. i mean uh, teams, kept felicio teams, for like a decade <laughs> <laughs> but teams of stars they they either they either leave or they're always having to like houston tried 17 different ways to make james harden happy instead of just like trying to like build off year-to-year success they're like oh this year didn't work let's tear it down and try again I'll give Houston this. Houston was the closest. Houston was the closest to taking out the Warriors that had Steph and KD. I don't give it to Toronto because Golden State got injured so much when they won the championship over them. But Houston came, I mean, really close to the They went full small ball with Covington playing center, right? Yeah, they had uh, Chris Paul. They had James Harden, Eric Gordon. Uh, Tucker, um, I believe Reza was still around. They just, but they they said you're doing small ball. Well, we'll we'll try and do it better, and they almost did. Um, oh yeah, I mean Houston was real good tryers, but I mean they never got there. But but yeah, they didn't get there. They didn't get over there, over the hurdle. Um, and that's Chris Paul's story, unfortunately. But yeah, um, I mean, I, ultimately, if I had to put my money on it to answer your question, do I think he attracts a star and, and he stays there long term? No. I bet that ultimately he ends up heart. leaving. They don't attract the big star. It, it. I wish I could say the opposite because I think it's a cool story. It's a small market team. So how, small. how cool? How cool would it be if Giannis is like, "Yeah, I'm leaving Milwaukee," and he goes to Memphis? <laughs> if that would be, it would be. <laughs> he's just so loyal. He's such a throwback, yeah. and he's so lovable. He's like, yeah. he's just the nice. He's the nicest guy. Like I, I'm a Bulls fan. He's Bucks. I should hate him, but it's like no. He's just like the nicest guy. He's impossible. He's like Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah. Who hates him? <laughs> yeah. No, I've always yeah, I've always liked Giannis. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would I wouldn't be surprised to see Giannis leave Milwaukee even at this point. I mean, he's already kind of has a foot out the door yeah. with, with saying like I don't want to leave, but I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm never gonna leave, and it's like okay, you're gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, he's. Just well, when that when that point comes, who knows? It might be ring chasing and year fifteen. It may be in the next year. Well, you I know, think the- uh, him winning the ring there last year cut down the odds a lot. I was I was hoping he couldn't get a ring there, so the Bulls might have a chance at Giannis in like yeah. a, in whenever his contract's up. But winning the ring, I think, pushes it out like five years from where yeah. it would have been. Yeah, but. Speaking of Giannis and the Bucks, they're next up on our list. Mm-hmm. And a couple more injuries. Or at least one big injury that hurt them. Yeah, Chris Who was, Middleton. Was it, yeah, Chris Middleton. Middleton. I kept wanting to say Bledsoe. Yeah. You know, they... Um, I don't like Chris Middleton's name. You know, I was watching a documentary and they, they talked okay. about... Um, it was a great Chick Hearn broadcast for the Lakers and he said, you know... Um, Elgin Baylor is Mr. Inside, is what he called him, and Jerry West is Mr. Outside. Well, in Milwaukee, you would call Giannis Mr. Inside. You call Milton Mr. Outside. You know, he's 6'7. You know, he can get his own shot. 
And he's a perfect complement to Giannis because Giannis is working this half of the you know inside and he's working the outside half and it's a good balance that they had. And when he got injured and he was out, they became very one-dimensional. A holiday is a good player. And I will say this, if I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I'm frustrated that he was injured and we couldn't get, get another ring or at least to the finals again. But you have a lot to be optimistic about with that team. Holiday played well. Uh, Bobby Porras, which kills me because he was a bull, um, he played yeah. great. Um, I mean, Grayson Allen even came up big for him yeah. a couple of times. He I he mean, hit a ton of threes if, for them. If you get a, if you get a role player like Grayson Allen hitting seven threes a game, yeah. I mean, you and can you, be real real dangerous. And you got Lopez, who's just forever big. They are nicely put together team. The pieces fit together very well. They just had very bad luck with him getting injured, and they still with Milton out the whole series. They still pushed yeah. them to seven games. I mean, to me, yeah, you can't, you know, there's no, you know, solace in losing. There's no winning. If there is a, a, you know, a win and in, in they're like a good feel, they could be proud of the fact that they pushed into seven games, um, yeah. especially a team as battle-tested as Boston. Um, they're young still, but they've been in the playoffs. This isn't in the first rodeo. So I thought that um, – Milwaukee has a lot. If you're a fan there, you got a lot to be optimistic about there with the future. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, as long as Giannis is in that town and Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is going to stick around forever. They're just uh, rich with talent in Milwaukee, and I hate it. Um, I love Giannis. I hate Rodgers, but yeah. I'm with you there. <laughs> but hey, okay, so drink to that. Moving on to the Suns and. The biggest choke artist in the NBA and Chris Paul. Yeah. So. So was he actually hurt or was he just hurt because they choked away yet another feelings hurt? So he had, I believe it was like 13 shots in game one. I want to say 16 in game two. And then after game two, he never took 10 or more shots in any game. And they say it was his left quad. And to me, that makes sense. I look at Chris Paul and, you know, I looked back at the games that he played against Golden State because it's been a while when he was with Houston. And he played as well as you could play in those big games trying to overcome Golden State. And I said, you know, he was a winning effort. That's a winner right there. I don't care if he lost. Like, that's the guy. Like, he deserves a championship. That's the effort. I don't think he is the kind of guy that's just going to do nothing. And the thing was, in Game 7, he was so inactive. Now they got bulldozed and just obliterated I mean, in game seven. He did have seven times as many points in the second half of that closeout game than he did the first half. Yeah. So, I mean, at least he turned it on in the second half with six yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a horrible. I thought the thing is, though, I look at Phoenix. Um, it's a well-put-together team, but they have one huge problem, and it's, it's a new car with a – very old engine. Chris Paul is long in the tooth and he's injured frequently. And what I thought that did when he was injured is it exposed Booker and exposed Aiden. Yeah, um, Booker, uh, I like Booker a lot, but it, it kind of seemed like he he let the mental aspect of the game kind of get the best of him down mm-hmm. the stretch in that series. Um, it just seemed like he was like trying to get into Luca's head and ended up getting into his own head trying to get into Luca's head. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, they, they that's did the Luca magic. 
they did That's a lot of jarring back anyway. and forth. Well, you know, and they poked the bear, and you don't do yeah. that. Uh, Booker was on the ground, and he was, you know, staying there for a prolonged, and he kind of gets up and kind of laughs, and that was a dig at yeah. Luca because Luca, you know, he can be a bit dramatic. But, you know, they, it brings you back to you know, the Mavs series when um, Dirk, I believe, had a cold or something going on where he was a little sick under the weather, and uh, Wade and LeBron were walking in. And, they were <coughs> and the other one coughs. He was like, you throw it okay? You all right? And they were joking, and Dirk overcame him, and then they won the finals. Well, that, that's what that reminded me of. They poked the bear of Luca, and then that's what you get. Um, so do you think – I feel like I've heard about three different LeBron flu games that have happened because he had a cold. Like, he is not yeah. a person we sit there talking smack out there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, he had the you, cramp game. <laughs> yeah, think, like <laughs> – do you put any stock into the idea that uh, European players are coming over more prepared to play professional basketball compared to the AAU circuit going on in the United States right now? Yes. Um, because, I mean, Luke has been playing against grown men since he was like 12. Well, the skills are worked on more there. And the thing is, Passing too, we're, yeah, adapting to this, game. we're adapting to the style that, that was brought over from them. That's the style they grew yeah. up in. And so um, the things that were so valued, the outside shooting, the more finesse part of the game, that's become part of the American game. The American game used to be pound the ball inside, be aggressive. Be, look at the Dream Team, 1992. Yeah, you got Jordan, but you look at the bigs. Robinson, Ewing, Malone, Barkley, big, strong, tough, physical, inside players. It's not like that anymore. It's yeah, changed. but I mean, the, I mean, the game is – I mean, there's – a couple of reasons for that. I mean, people get better at shooting as, I mean, yeah. history shows that. I mean, we're better shooters than, I mean, take out Larry Bird and a, a couple other guys. I mean, you you could grab an average shooter of the NBA and he would light up the world back in the 80s and 90s probably. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, people are just better shooters. I mean, so naturally the range is going to increase. And then from there, the game gets faster. When the game gets faster, those seven foot, 250 pound, 300 pound guys aren't going to be able to run up and down the court all game. So that takes them out of the game. And then when people stop attacking the attacking the, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's only because of that, but I mean, and then like the hand checking and everything getting taken out of the game. I mean, they made the game less physical. I mean, they wanted to spread the floor out and now they spread the floor out and now nobody attacks the lane. And now these European guys are coming over that know how to pass. They know how to like, they know Mm -hmm. how to run the floor. Um, our back to, I mean, back to back MVP, which I, some people may or may not agree with. I mean, European second round pick. I mean, Luca, when Luca came in, everybody, I mean, people were talking like the Hawks absolutely fleeced them that they're like, oh my goodness, they got this kid out of Oklahoma for, for this European kid that's what, what was he like, 17, 18 at the time? He was, he's a punchy yeah. looking European kid. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, they're like the Hawks absolutely fleece the Mavericks in this deal. It's like, yeah, his conditioning could still do some work. Um, I think a big problem for a long time was it used to be just AAU ball in the U.S. It was roll the ball out, have the boys play a million games over the summer. Um, now I think because the NBA has changed, there is more of an emphasis now. We are catching up to the. They, it's funny they were catching up to us in the '90s. Now we're catching up to their style and the emphasis of on skill. You see guys working on skills, um, getting a basketball trainer in and giving them 
you know, you look at Steph Curry's ball handling routine, you'll see kids doing stuff like that, not to that level, obviously, but like that in gyms when, um, you know, you go to play basketball, like let's say a lifetime fitness or whatever. Um, so it, there is that adaption where we are trying to become more skilled players. But the one thing that's completely lacking, which I cannot for the life of me figure out, is a post-up game. Um, guys yeah. don't post up. Look at Jokic, doesn't post. Look at Joel Embiid, doesn't post. It doesn't matter how tall or big you are. Um, and I thought going back I to mean, that. Boban post series, up. What's that? Boban posts up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he better. He's forever tall. But I thought, though. <laughs> That Phoenix series um, exposed the fact that Booker, to me, is a more athletic Clay Thompson, but he's a shooter first and a and a scorer second. By that I mean he wants to shoot from the outside, and when his outside shot is an on lookout, and they doubled him a lot, he couldn't play make. The other thing I thought I exposed was Aiton. Aiton is a pick and roll big. He has to go off pick and roll, and he has to get it off of uh, Chris Paul. He's his shooting is erratic. He doesn't post up. And when they had him in the game and he wasn't scoring, he was a liability because they put him in pick and roll over and over and over again to the point where I'm not even a Suns fan. I'm like, take him out of the game. Why is he in yeah. the game right now? Um, he's a liability. If you're not going to use those weapons, then they hurt you on defense. Um, but yeah. the word is that Aiden should be out. Um, they're hesitant to give him a max, and he's certainly going to be seeking one. So I think uh, Phoenix is going to be looking definitely for a playmaker, given Chris Paul's injury. Not saying they replace him, but you got to have somebody ready in the wings. And they, they need some help at that four. If they're going to play small ball, which they probably will have to, they have to get a four, stretch four, stretch five to kind of replace him. So they got their work cut out to kind of retool that team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going back to the development too, I think uh, one thing that could help out the NBA a lot is NIL and college basketball where you – where college coaches maybe focus more on those technical skills more. And yeah. then now that kids can legally get the bag, uh, I think that, I think that'll help. We'll see. I think we're going to be about a five, six year gap. See if that makes any difference at all. But I think some of these guys that were maybe coming out as uh late first round picks may just say like, I'll just stick around for another year, make million or $2 and hopefully be a, a top five pick next year. And uh, just playing against guys their age and being able to w- work one-on-one because I think in the NBA, I mean, I'm sure teams do what they can to like improve you. But I mean, for the most part, like you're, you're pro at that point, like you either going to do it yourself or it, it ain't going to come. And some guys, I mean, yeah. you get that money at that age and you're like, well, I'm, I'm good enough to get 25 minutes a night. Like why I don't need mm-hmm. to work on that. Like, And the, I mean, the lack of patience with coaches, how many guys in the NBA, uh, have been coach of the year, and then you see them not in the so distant future, and they're fired. Um, yeah. You have to give these guys patience in the NBA right now. Yeah, you gotta give these guys the the security that you're gonna be around for a while, and then they can invest time in these players to develop these players because they're not looking over their shoulder every two seconds, wondering when they're gonna get the axe. Yeah. Um, Wonder when Doc Rivers is coming for job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doc, Doc Rivers is coming for everybody's job. Mm-hmm. Except maybe Pop. Pop and Spolcher are probably the only two safe. Yeah, I heard somewhere that Doc in LA might be a possibility, so who knows? Which LA? Going back to Clippers? Lake, Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's supposed to go to the Lakers, though. Yeah, everybody's side to the Lakers. Lakers. I don't know who would take that job right now, but all right. Yeah. So moving on. 
we're now to where we stand in the NBA playoffs. We have a, the Eastern Conference Finals going on right now. Boston went up tonight 3-2, going back to Boston in a closeout game. Uh, saw a graphic after the game that Boston as a franchise is 40-4 and in series and in games where they lead a series 3-2, to two, which I thought was absolutely bonkers. But who do you got coming out? I'm I'm guessing you're taking Boston. I mean, it would be pretty silly not to at this point. But well, let me hear, it, let me hear what I will say, and, and Q, hopefully you can attest for me. I, I said Boston after they lost game one to Miami. Um, they lost game one after they went seven games against Milwaukee. And Boston was without Al Horford and Marcus Smart. And I said, I, give me Boston. Again, here's why. It's not well, so much. You said Boston yeah. in six. So I went straight on my phone and bet Boston in six. <laughs> yep. And, and, and the, the thing it's and you compare them at the top and you start at the top and you work your way down. Um, Jason Tatum to me is a natural leader. I can see him as a finals MVP. I buy him as a number one. He's a natural scorer. You could tell it's just not a lot of effort for him. Jalen Brown, I buy as a number two, and he's flourished, and he's really come around. His outside three has come and developed. Um, I don't buy Jimmy Butler as a number one on a championship team. I don't buy him as a finals MVP. Uh, if you want to put Kyle Irie or whoever, or Abaya um, as number two. Adibaya. Yeah, at, thank you. Uh, I don't buy him as the number two on a team. Now, I think if you would bump them all down a spot, maybe – um, now Miami, I'll give them this. They have a little bit of everything. They have shooting. Uh, they have a big inside presses with, with Bam. But the thing is, last five minutes of the game, who are you going to? Who are you giving the ball to? You going with Jimmy Butler? I'm riding with Tatum and I Brown. Be James Harden. That's so, it. No. <laughs> if if say that the the roles were reversed and Jason Tatum. Or let's say this actually say that there were two Jason Tatum's and one played for Miami and one played for Boston. Which squad do you think is better with Jimmy or Jalen Brown as your two? Miami. Yeah, I'd give it Miami. Well, anyway, we're just talking about the two or the whole rosters. Just the, Miami. the, the whole Miami. rosters. Yeah, you're, you're, just adding, you're just adding Jason Tatum to Miami. Yeah, and say, Jason Tatum that, still in Boston. Uh, that Markeith Morris retires and they replace him with a Jason Tatum clone. Yeah. yeah. I, you it know, I, I go Miami, but here's the, my, I mean, you, you, I mean, you'd have Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Bam out of bio, and then seven deep on the bench. I mean, I, I yeah. think Miami's a deeper team than Boston. I think that's why they w- would be better. I think they're almost too deep. I think they should have at some point cashed in some of these uh, quarters for a dollar piece. Because you look at their bench and there is a lot. You see like, oh, there's Oladipo. Oh, there's Duncan Robinson. Oh, there's Tyler Hero and so on and so forth. I think it's the point in the playoffs. You can only go about eight deep for most teams. There's only so many minutes to go around. I think if they could have upgraded um, some of those top seven positions, they'd be in a better spot than having all that depth. Um, But I like Boston um, because along with Taylor and Brown, you do have Marcus Smart. You look at, and they have, you guys have it on stat, I believe that's four times in the last six years they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're kind of like the Buffalo Bills of the NBA in that respect, um, they not getting past the Eastern Conference Finals. I think this is when they get over the hurdle. I think 
that this is um, this is their time. Um, well, they finally went out and got Derek White, uh, which completely changed the entire team. So, it's yeah, a championship he, player. <laughs> and you know what, uh, Al Horford, you know, thirty-five years old, he's he's so big for them. He spreads the court. He's shooting forty-nine percent in the playoffs from three. And uh, he's just an agent's wonder. Um, yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, forty-nine percent for big man. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that it's just impressive. Yeah, it's just ridiculous that he's shooting at the clip he is. And so you know, I mean, and then you got Grant Williams shooting at forty-two percent. Yeah, and and so they, yeah. they can space you out pretty good. And between um, but, the two of them, they're shooting nine of them a game. I mean, it's not like they're shooting those percentages on one shot a game or two shots a game. Yeah, and that's. The they're getting the look, so it's you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You can't double yeah. Brown and Tatum without paying a price. And Marcus Smart is blitzing. Now, the one thing I thought in game one when Marcus Smart was out, they were exposed as man, they really hurt for a ball handler when Marcus Smart isn't there. And that's not his forte, but he's the best at the guard point guard spot of, of doing that. Um, but with him back, he can say the wires enough, you know, he's not gonna be a dynamo like a you know, a Jason Kidd in his prime or anything like that, but he'll bring the ball to court and he'll take care of it. And his defensive presence. Yep. Uh, the big thing with Boston is um, they just can't have a lot of turnovers, you know, because um, that can hurt them um, because they don't have a lot of steady ball handlers. You don't have a, uh, a point guard you can just give and you know, let go. But uh, Boston, you know, and it looks great now, obviously. They're up three to two, but – uh, Boston's got to look at this game six coming up like it's game seven because they're at home. You don't want to go to Miami um, and try and close it out on the other team's road. They got to look at it like this is a do or die. Let's finish this right now. The other reason they need to do it is because if they lose and it goes to seven, say that Golden State closes out the Mavs, now Golden State has more rest going into it. And they just played seven games against Milwaukee before. They were tired. They, got, they lost in game one. In this series against Miami, you don't want to go seven again and then go to the NBA Finals against a, a well-seasoned, experienced team in Golden State. Who they need to take care of rest. Yeah, life fast. Yeah. All right, so we will we'll go to the Western Conference Finals right now. Uh, Golden State's up three-one. It doesn't look like Dallas is going to have a chance. Dallas has had some big leads in this series, and they just can't seem to hold on to any of them. Um, do you think there's any chance at all that the Luka Doncic Dallas, Dallas Mavericks can pull this out, or is this just over and it's just a matter of time? Well, Dallas was down three games to none, and teams that fall three games to none in the NBA playoffs are zero and 146 all time. So going off numbers alone, I'm saying no. And if I'm looking at rosters, I'm saying no. Now, they won the one game, but they got hot from three. But you're going to play that game against Golden State? Yeah. To me, you got to bring something different um, if you're going to take out Golden State at least four times. And they no, don't have absolutely. enough. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like what you were saying about Houston earlier. They tried to beat them at their own game, and they still couldn't. Uh, like, It's hard to do uh, it better than yeah. they have. Dallas, yeah. I, I think Dallas is led by – 20 points or more three different and three out of the four games they've had so far and they're down three one yeah that, it's that tough was. i mean <laughs> the, the one shining spot outside of luca obviously has been jalen brunson you know he was in villanova he was player of the year and he's really come out he's i think he's at about 20 points a game now in the playoffs 
And that gives you a hope for the future outside of Luca. But they're about two players away, two good players away. They need Porzingis to work out. Yeah, I was about to say, Porzingis not, work, Porzingis not working out hurt them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, where, did and, he, where did he end up? Honestly, I'm not even sure where they yeah, traded. I can't even remember. Did. I don't even know if he played much this year. I forget did the he? trade that they had for him, but... You know, it was a failed, you know, you saw him in New York and he looked like, you know, they called him the big you know, unicorn. Yeah, like unicorn. Special in. He just, I think he had trouble, if I'm remembering it right, that he had problems with uh, Luca having the ball all the time and being the star. But it's like, you know, well, you know, we're yeah, not hearing from him. I'm just going to recall where he's at right now. So maybe there's a reason why Luca had the ball and you didn't. Yeah. Um, they were both promised that they were the next Dirk and there yeah. can only be one next Dirk. It'd be like Derek Fisher, Derek Fisher getting mad at Kobe because he handles the ball too much. Golden State is just, um, they're, you know, they're about as hot a team that's left in this right now as you can find. They're the hottest team. Um, Curry, Curry and Clay, not, uh, Clay's not playing his best, but he's playing solid enough. But the thing that, and there's Poole, and he's been an emerging star for them. He's about 18 points a game in the playoffs. But the thing that gets me is Wiggins is playing really good basketball. Regarding the last game, but overall he's playing really good basketball, and Looney's playing good basketball. So now you've got four legit wings in Curry, Clay, Poole, and Wiggins. Worry about the perimeter. You got Looney, and all he's doing basically is reaping the benefits of pick and roll, and getting receiving passes off dribble drive, and getting offensive rebounds. He's just your garbage guy picking things up, and Draymond Green's just creating things, passing the ball off to all those wings. Um, they're looking like a wall of machine. Andre Iguodala is expected to return to the NBA final for the NBA finals, which who knows how much he can contribute, but he's got that experience. Those timely Wiley uh, veterans just can make that one play in that one moment. You never know if he yeah, can. Uh, if he can give you, if he can give you like eight to 10 good minutes a game, that, that can be yeah. you. And, and if, how, how old is Iggy now? Like I, when I was uh, first 73 basketball, yeah. like, like what maybe 2004 2005 i remember he was he was there i remember watching him yeah i loved him and i loved him in philly whenever he was the only thing in philly he's back in the 80s has them for always playing the leagues (laughs) yeah yeah i guess good um, players jonathan kaminga i like a lot um mm -hmm. i mean this team they're just so well versed i mean they've been like their core their core three clay thompson steph curry and uh, Draymond, they just have so much connection. They just play so well together. It seems like you could almost plug and play. Like, I mean, Andrew Wiggins, the only player on the team number number one overall. No, uh, was Wiseman number one overall? But he's hurt. Wiseman was number one overall. Now he's never been yeah. what you would think of as number one pick, but he is, you know, about 10, 12 points a game. Yeah, the thing well, is. Hurt. It's yeah, he's hurt. He's out. He's not available. A uh, Golden State has really benefited from the injury bug, though. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I go back to that that Chris Paul injury. You know, if Chris Paul's not injured, they're playing Phoenix, and to me, um, that would have been the matchup to see. But you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, it's like sometimes the Spurs and the Lakers played in the Western Conference Finals, and it's like, that's the NBA Finals. Like, that yeah. that's the real matchup. Well, to me, the Western Conference Finals should have been Phoenix versus Golden State. But they, you know, Dallas got lucky, and, and Luka got hot. And, yeah. you know, 
Brunson came along and so did Dinwiddie, which is the coolest last name ever. But um, and then they advanced. Um, so Golden State's had good fortune. You know, they've yeah. been able to you know, get Morant was injured, um, you know, and and things are just kind of sometimes it's just, you know, that we've talked about before that war of attrition. Their guys are healthy. Other teams, you know, things are falling apart and things are falling into place for Golden State right now. They're looking, um, you know, you see who's left standing between Boston and Miami. They could go seven. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And if they go, like you said, if they go seven and, and Boston wins that, I mean, that's that's 14 games out of the last two rounds. Um, that's a lot of basketball. And then you get to a team like Golden State who can definitely run the floor. And that's a, that'll definitely be interesting. But taking a look at the NBA Finals, we're assuming Golden State pulls out uh, and advances on to the championship. Yeah. And we talked earlier about how we think Boston's going to move on. So how do you think the matchup between Boston and Golden State looks like? Well, um, Warriors will have home court advantage over whoever wins from the East, whether it be Miami or Boston. Now, uh, let's see. How does that work? So they had the straight up better record than Boston. Now, Miami and uh, the Warriors had the same record. They both had 53 wins, but um, the Warriors beat uh, the the heat in both games in the regular season. So they get the nod on that for the NBA finals. So Golden yes. State's looking at home court advantage, no matter who comes out of it. Like, like we just talked about, they win, they'll definitely have some rest and they might have a great mile rest compared to whoever comes out. If it goes seven uh, and 14 out of the last 20 NBA finals have been won by the team of home court advantage. So a lot of things going for them. Um, I want to pick Boston. I really do. Because that's who I bet earlier. I feel bad, you know, because I told you uh, Boston. I, I, I put a little on it, too. Yeah, I, I know you put a little something on it, so I'll, I'll be a jerk and be like, no, I'll go back on it. <laughs> hey, I got to have a hedge. <laughs> Man, you know, I, you know, I think Vegas would open up and they'd give it to Golden State, which you'd have to because you look at what they had for their run. They had three championships in five years. All five years, they had NBA Finals appearances. Then they had the two-year lapse where Clay was injured and KD left, and now they're back. So you have to put them as the favorite. If I had to bet my life on it, I would go Golden State. I think that's where I'm conflicted. My head says Golden State. My heart says Boston, and that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't watched enough basketball this year. This is probably the least amount of basketball I've watched in an NBA season in a very long time. Uh, having a, a newborn at home kind of cuts into that a little bit with how much NFL and college football I watch. So I have to I have to give up something for my wife. So <laughs> it kind of just landed on basketball. So hopefully as, as my son gets older, we'll be able to watch more basketball and he'll want to watch it. But for me, it's, it's, it's hard not to just – take Steph Curry here I mean I love I mean I love Steph Curry whenever he was still a young buck you know running and gunning in the NBA and everybody was like oh his ankles aren't gonna hold up he's gonna be washed I mean he's a good shooter he'll never he'll never be anything more than a, a decent shooter in the league a role player and watching him turn into a unanimous MVP and absolutely taking over the league uh, I know a lot of people got Steph fatigue I'm still a big Steph fan so I'm yeah just, I'm taking the Warriors here yeah so Chris, if you were if you were coaching Boston, how would you try to stop Golden State? And then on offense, how would you attack them? 
Well, you got to attack them with size. That's the one advantage they should have over them is that they are bigger. And you got to make it physical. you got to make it an ugly, slow down the pace of the game. You don't want to get in a track meet with these guys. The more shots they go up, the better chances you have of losing because they're better shooters than you. So you want to slow it down. Football analogy, run the ball. Um, and you want to make it an ugly game. They should have, you know, you got to go through Tatum. and You got to go through Brown. Now, as far as offensively goes, you know, you got to dare Draymond Green to shoot and hope he doesn't hit. You know, because you, something's got to give. You can't guard everybody tight in the perimeter. Now, the one thing I do see Draymond Green do, which is I think is just so clever, um, teams sag off him. So this defender's nowhere to be found. He gets the ball. Most guys would just shoot it because I have all this space. I'm open. Well, you're open for a reason. You suck at shooting threes. What he does instead, he dribble hands off to Clay or Steph. They come off of his pick. And because his man sees him down screen. so far, there's nobody to help. And now Steph and Clay get a three every now and then. So it's tough to really play off him that much because he'll yeah. find the shooter, dribble handoff, set that little pick for him. And now they got a clean shot. But you can, you got to dare him to shoot the best you can. And you can kind of um, get away with a moving screen there if you're handing the ball off as, as yeah. they're shooting too. So you can get away with like moving directly in front of them as you're handing it off. Yeah, and I think you got to play physical. You know, I'm going old school and stuff to do in today's game, but I think you got to get physical. You've got to hit Steph. You've got to hit Clay. you got to get them uncomfortable. you got to get them out of their rhythm. You know, Steph got hit in the quad, and he's kind of limping a little bit. You you know, I know it's it's called differently. You'll get a tech for breathing on somebody, but you got to hit them. you got to make them uncomfortable. you got to try and get them out of their rhythm. Um, you can't I feel like that can be hit or miss with Steph. Sometimes it makes him better, it seems. Yeah, and it, but, but, you know, I feel like that is who Marcus Smart is. And I feel yeah. like if Austin's going to win, they're going to have to do it. Like Marcus Smart will fight a fan if he needs to. I've seen it yeah. before. Like, Austin was playing um, the Lakers in the finals. I believe it was Kevin McHale. I forget who he hit, but he hit someone hard. And it looked like they were going to have a fire or anything. And the whole series switched. They need something like that, I believe. I think they got to they got to make them play almost a, a you know make it a tough physical aggressive inside slow pounding and make them feel their physical. Absolutely, I think we might have lost Chris there, but yeah, I yeah. like what you're saying though. I mean, I think it makes yeah. a lot of sense that it makes you know, a lot you of just, sense. Yeah, you just get the, that size and get physical. Put them out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially especially when you're the bigger team. When I mean, when you have Grant Williams and Al, Horf- Al Horford getting solid minutes for you and nobody uh, yeah. for Golden State really matches up with those two guys. I mean, you got to you got to take it to them. And yeah. you just got to make sure Tatum and Brown are both well aware that we don't want to get in a track meet with these guys. Like if Steph hits a couple of threes in a row or Clay hits a couple of threes in a row, like you got to drill it into like Tatum and uh, Brown, like don't go down there and take a bad shot. Like go down there, run your offense. Don't if worry about to, matching fast. Like, yeah. Stay if, calm if, you, with it. If, if you need to settle for, for an outside jumper, you need to drive the lane, drive the lane. Like don't, go taking wild threes because Steph's hot and he's hit three in a row. Like And and you have to make them pay for playing Steph and pool on defense. Uh, I think with Cleveland, you saw it so many times. And they, that's the one benefit they got. They can look at what Cleveland did when they beat them. They put Steph in pick and roll over and over and over again and said, you're guarding LeBron. You're guarding our, our Kyrie Irving. We're making you pick. And what that does is two things. One, he's not that tall. He's not that big. So, 
it's an advantage, obviously. The other thing is you're taking a little bit of wind out of the sails offensively because you're making them work on the defensive ends. Uh, and you got to do that with Poole, too, because he's not the biggest guy. You got to put Tatum and Brown and pick and roll um, on and put those guys on him where they could take advantage of their height. Yeah. So yeah. now flip side of the coin, if you're coaching Golden State, what are you doing to take advantage of the situation against Boston on offense and defense? Making them shoot. You know, you got to make them play outside. You got to yeah, run. Man. You want to get as many positions up as you can. And I think you got to get to a point where you got to figure out, are we taking away Jason Tatum or are we playing him straight up? You know, now if he's the only stud on the court, it's real simple. You know, you, I think if there's only one star on the team, you play him straight up. And if you can score 50, great. But all these other guys around you aren't getting anything. We're not giving you open shots because that's the only way the others can get anything. The problem with Boston is not only can um, Tatum get his own, but Brown can get his own. And so I think there's going to be a point. And you saw with Golden State what they did with uh, Dallas. They went a little zone against them, which I thought was interesting. They're basically saying, Luca, we're not letting you go pick and roll and just going wherever you want. We've got a zone defense with multiple defenders ready to help on your action there. Um, so I do expect them to throw different looks at Tatum. You know, the, the the weakness that Golden State has is their bigs. You know, we talk about their bigs. It's Looney. It's Kaminga. It's Draymond Green. And after that, I can't really name you anybody. You know why? Because they're not really worth mentioning. No. <laughs> you know, so if, if you're Boston, you have to go inside. And if you're Golden State, you have to help. You've got to double and rotate. Um, and you've got to, as soon as that ball comes off the rim, you got to be flying out and running up the court. Because um, you want to play with bigger guys, well, we're going to make your bigger guys run. So oh, yeah. it's, I agree. Yeah, gas them. That makes sense. Yeah, no, but it sounds like it's going to be a hell of a finals. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. I've kind of just really started watching every game of basketball here the last like month or two. So kind of just just now getting into it so kind of sucks that it's already over but like i said it's a sacrifice you have to make when you watch as much football as i do but i'm i'm, I'm pumped man these finals seem like they're going to be great and uh thank you so much for coming on and talking a little hoops with yeah. us uh hey, thanks carrying, for carrying the torch for us so uh glad to have you chris and i hope to see you again soon man yeah thanks for having me guys appreciate it right. yes sir take it easy all right have a good one guys all right, all right. But, yeah, should be a wild finals. Uh, we had anything else we need to cover that right now, Quentin? Um, I don't think too much. I think there's a little NFL news, but it was nothing major, I don't think. Nothing major. I think we'll call it good right there if you don't yeah. have anything else. Uh, thank you we'll be for coming listening. back to you guys next week with more NFL division talk. We'll Absolutely. be going through, what's our next one? AFC West. West? AFC West. Yeah, comment below. Let us know what you think. Uh, AFC West predictions. And give us a like. Give us a comment. Subscribe. Rate it five stars. All the good stuff. Support the boys. Let us know what we can do to improve. If you would like us to talk about anything that we don't talk about. Or any specific details that you think we might gloss over or anything. Help us out. Help us help you. Uh, we want to give for the boys. Want to give everybody the best content we can. So appreciate you for listening, and don't sleep on the lines. Don't do it.